Hello and welcome to the Aaron Can Draw Art Podcast, Episode 2, an interview with Robbie Trevino. The goal with this podcast is to keep it short and sweet, keep the listeners engaged, and hopefully learn what you want to know from your favorite artists. Today, I'm talking with Robbie Trevino, an illustrator and concept artist currently working and living here in Seattle, Washington. Robbie is a Michigan native that graduated from the College for Creative Studies in 2012 with a degree in illustration. Since graduating, Robbie has gone on to do loads of work for such titans of industry as Wizards of the Coast, doing Magic the Gathering illustrations, Applebot, Hi-Rez Studios, Microsoft Game Studios, and many more. Robbie's a truly unique artist and has a very interesting style that I feel like listeners could stand to learn a thing or two from. And as a little piece of fun trivia, Robbie and I are roommates and have been for many years. You can check Robbie Trevino's work out over on Instagram at Robbie Trevino Art or on ArtStation at ArtStation.com slash Robbie Trevino. So with no further ado, let's dive in here and have our interview with illustrator Robbie Trevino. Enjoy! Alright guys, we are sitting down today with Robbie Trevino. How's it going, buddy? Hey man. Wait, who are you again? I, I just kidnapped you, and now we're going to talk about stuff. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, seriously, how's your day going, dude? It's going good, man. Uh, you know, just we, we technically just got some uh, late, I guess it's brunch, right? Brunch or breakfast. We got we got food. We we put it in our, our faces, and now we're full. We, we put f- food into our human bodies. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm doing all right. And how about you? Yeah, can't complain. Uh, ready to pick pick your sweet brain. And see what you got going on up there. Mm, there, there are indeed things going on up there. All right, Robbie. So I wanted to talk to you a little bit about the uh, personal project that you've been working on recently, Numinous, um, and some of the things that I want to know about it are like, why is this thing so special to you? How do you think it's impacting the art community right now? And exactly how many drugs were you on when you started doing it? So the answer is all of them. No, that's not. It, amazingly, no. Like if if I've if I've ever not been sober, which has never been a thing, mom, if you're listening, uh, no, no drugs. But um, a lot of it just comes from a place. Uh, a really, <laughs> it's not as it's not as dark as it sounds. But it came. It definitely came from a, uh, one of like the lower points in my life. I would say for about a good year. Um, Originally, like my experiences on a long art hiatus where I was sort of so frustrated with the industry, with life in general, where I was at that I just stopped. I stopped making art completely for a year and a half, something like that. And for someone who made this their thing, uh, that's a long time, right? Like someone who went to school, went into debt, went through like the emotional roller coaster of getting hired and then laid off and then hired again from all these companies, like to just have lived this life in this industry um to just kind of be like you know what like i'm done for a while and just taking like a couple of years off like it, it that's a long time and it was in that sort of time that sort of vacuum uh where really you know i i just didn't want to do anything for anyone and you know like i remember you going through this like i mean we've been roommates for a while right and i remember you like almost being to the point of like spiteful toward art you're just like yeah i didn't make anything today like and i don't care yeah like you had been so chewed up 
mm-hmm. and like spit out by it that you're just like, yeah, I don't care. I don't care if I make anything. You're yeah, absolutely. And I think I think this this project comes from that place of originally like finally to like break the cycle i started making personal art again but it was the kind of art that i on my hiatus decided i didn't want to appeal to anyone like i wasn't following the trends i wasn't caring about getting hired with this new body of work like if i'm gonna make something finally instead of just sitting around being miserable i don't care if people like it i it's not meant for them it's meant for me because i'm trying to make art again and I somehow found myself down this trippy psychedelic wormhole of like, uh, it's it, it like it, it came it came from the place of I'm not happy where I'm at, but also I don't want to be part of I don't want to rejoin the industry from like a homogenized point of view. I don't just want to be doing the same thing everybody else is doing. What's the point of coming back to that? What's the point? So do something different. And again, who cares if people like it? Who cares if they don't? It's kind of literally just saying, fuck it, and making whatever you want to make. And that sort of led to the project as it stands right now and a whole a whole just group of people that are interested in it, a whole following, which is something else we can talk about. But basically, like that's why that project would be special to me, is that it's sort of, it represents a sort of almost like metamorphosis or renaissance in your life. Like Mm -hmm. a certain time where you made a big change and now look at all the interest it's garnered. Like, and people, you know, it, like, I, I don't think people, as cool as the project may have been that I was working on before for whatever, you know, stuff for Magic the Gathering, stuff for all these big IPs that people want to work for. And and you should. They're awesome IPs and they're great and it's great to have dreams and all that. Um, they're, they're not nearly as interested in my contribution to that universe as they are to the one I'm making myself because it's all me. It's something they haven't seen before. And I think they realize that on some level. Yeah. So it appeals to them that much more interesting. And I think that's how it impacts them as a community. Like, I don't think I'm necessarily reinventing the wheel or whatever. I just think I'm giving someone it like during a time and age when everything just kind of feels homogenized and the same, or at least in the industry or anywhere, it's something that's maybe momentarily different. And that's, that's interesting and that's new. And that leads to other things that are new. Yeah. I mean, it's like they're, like you're giving them like a slice of you. You're giving them like, I don't know, like a piece of yourself and not so much, I don't know, exactly like what they're looking for, maybe. Like, I don't know, it's, I don't know, I, that's one, one of the things that I admire is that you've been so kind of gung ho about being who you want to be and like letting whatever influences you had growing up influence what you do now. Yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've already done the thing for other people. I mean, I still do it every day because, you know, money, (laughs) but, but I mean, yeah, like there come, there came a point where I was just like, you know, just do whatever you want. Like, and it's just, it's appealing to people on so many levels. And that's a really exciting thing to have in your life. It's an exciting place to be. And it's exciting to see other people getting excited about whatever, like to know that you're a part of that is pretty cool. So I... I would say it's it's been a fun ride so far, so we'll we'll see how it goes. But I'm hoping eventually to have something tangible, like a book, something people can you know, like a 
conversation piece on a coffee table or something. You know how it yeah. goes. We, we we all have piles. We both have piles of art yeah. books. Well, I mean, like the I think there's a phrase that uh, Jake Parker uses that is like you want a product, not a project. Yes. Like you want that thing that you can present to someone or you can hold it with your hands that makes it real and like it, it exists. It's not just a file on your computer. It's not just this thing, that an idea that you have. It's like a, it's like an art child that you've birthed and are now leaving behind as you go to the great beyond. I've kept it in my art womb yep. and I've nurtured it with little bits of love and little smooches. Now that thing's ready to shoot down to earth, placenta and all. And isn't it beautiful? It's perfect. <laughs> I think that is like one thing that like I specifically wanted to hear from you was that like once you stop trying to appeal to people, then you'll actually find what you want to do. Yes. And like it's hard to admit that to yourself and it's hard to come to grips with like, well, I don't know what that is yet, but like you will find it and like you did. So like that, like actually oddly enough leads into like a really good segue for the next chunk. Where, like, you and I have talked extensively about just design. Like, you've said already, like, well, I consider myself a designer, not just an illustrator, not just a concept artist, but you Mm -hmm. are a designer. So, like, specifically with your Numinous project, which is, like, so different in terms of, like, the thinking behind it. Like, what are some questions that you, like, ask yourself when you're setting out to create something new that, like... You kind of run through, like, what is your thinking behind it? I want to know, like, de- like design-wise, like, how do I make this different? How do I inject my vision for Numinous into this piece of art? So we're talking from more of, like, a hard analytical point of view, right? Not so much an emotional or maybe a little bit, a little of, bit, every- of, little whatever, bit of everything? Whatever you think is the right way to approach it. Like, how do you design around your problems for your own project? So... Honestly, it's so the thing about the project, first of all, it's really it's a really good question there, Loftus. Uh, really it's got not my first rodeo. It's my second rodeo. Really got me on my toes. Yeah. So it's the, the project itself is it's it's always sort of changing in its own way. Like I'm I'm figuring it out like as much like every time I work on it, it's. I'm literally going, I, I don't have any idea like what this is yet, basically. It's, and like you don't have to, right? No, like, no, no. And that's the beautiful thing about it. Like you if it's your own personal thing yeah. and there isn't any currently any money riding on it, like you can sort of let it form in its organic way as slowly or as quickly as you want it to. Um and I, I feel like I'm learning a lot about the whole process of making it as it goes along. But I've found that when I'm actually consciously making decisions for the project um really other than the sort of like academic analytical stuff that we all learn like the skills like okay remember like these are the rules of picture making and yeah. design and all that like other than that nitty-gritty stuff really it almost always sort of rounds itself around to what is different what has not been seen before like the whole point of this is is your your it's almost like a metaphorical, like you you were looking for a new place to go in your career, sort of. And it's almost like in your mind, it's like it's manifesting itself in the form of art. But like to the most extreme version, like for me, I guess it's like I might have taken some acid on the way to this new job. And suddenly I am now in something crazy. So it's it's very much like it. it's it's mostly like the big decisions come down to like 
like I I will go through lists of ideas and I have so many ideas. It's I have more unfinished things than finished things. And the the percentage is probably like 95 to 5. Like yep. it's crazy. Uh whips forever. But like so anyway, uh I think um a lot of it just it, it all just kind of immediately boils down to what's different. Go through this stack of ideas. And um, very carefully filter out the ones that if you even have like the slightest doubt about it, if it's not firing on all cylinders, if it doesn't get you legitimately excited to work on it, like don't pursue it. Don't dump hours of time into this. Don't, you know, like I I, I look for the the moments that really like speak to me, like out of all these like sketches, this pile of just thumbnails and messes and just ideas like what like what is different is it different enough every time because that like that's the ultimate goal with everything i try to do especially now with uh, the numinous stuff like in that specific universe is i i don't if it looks too familiar like i i don't want it i i can't i can't commit to it yeah i think that like uh previously you had told me you know while describing this project to me that like it's making people uncomfortable. Like you're striking a certain emotional chord with people. It's like, like, well, your thing has a certain look to it. It's like weird, fleshy robot <laughs> space, like everything the under stuff of nightmares. Exactly. And like, I don't know. There's something about that that I think like you've kind of hit is like, it's eliciting a certain emotional response. It is making people uncomfortable and like, Maybe that's part of your intent or it's like making people think or it's making people intrigued. It is striking some response. And like that is, I think, what you've nailed in terms of like different people can see a piece of art and be like, cool, that is a good piece of art. But they might not have an, a secondary layer of attachment to it. I, I think you have hit pretty well. Well, thank you. I I feel like this actually this reminds me of a conversation that we had. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Aaron and I like live together. Yes, that was in the uh, oh the, like, little intro book. I'm like, oh, and a fun piece of information: Robbie and I are roommates. Yeah, yeah, like we're together like that. No, so anyway, uh, basically, um, this reminds me of a conversation I had last night with uh, one of our other roommates, Zach. He. And I got talking about uh, sort of where we were at with childhood experiences as far as, you know, growing up um, like in like a religious household, uh, you know, questioning things like maybe coming out of that life sort of thing, like which is a whole other discussion. But basically, the bottom line is like life uh, experiences have led both of us to be the type of people to from like an analytical an emotional like a mental, like any level you can think of as a human, like question everything on some level to not just completely accept stuff. Right. And I feel like a lot of, a lot of times because of how like unfamiliar and strange numinous can, can get with its stuff. A lot of people, most people, pretty much everyone has no idea what they're looking at. It makes them begin to question. Like they, they ask themselves, like, what is this thing? Like, what could it be? And since there really isn't a ton of story attached to it yet, which is, I think a lot of the appeal is like the mystery and like mm -hmm. the not knowing uh, that's what holds a lot of the interest for people. Um, it's, it kind of, I, I, I don't know if that's like, if that's what appeals to me too about the project is the questioning part. Uh, and again, you know, back to the thing with Zach and I, like we, you know, 
we it, it's a really fascinating thing getting having to like question things and like from like a curious point of view not so much like i doubt this and blah 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 but it's more like you know what does it mean what does it all mean like questioning things and i feel like that's that's a lot of that like the weirded out emotion that people are getting it's like yeah it can be like visually like whoa like almost jarring but it's also like well, what does it all mean? And that's, I feel like that's like the huge appeal of it is, is that it's just so weird that it makes you, you just sit there and scratch your head over it and it really sticks with you. It's like, it's like a weird movie that you watched that you're like, I'm still thinking about it, man. I don't fully understand it. Well, I mean, like you've definitely, I think nailed that. I mean, even to the point of where like when I run into people that we both know, like, oh yeah, man, like how's Robbie doing? He's been, uh, He's been doing some stuff and you can just definitely see like a look of like confusion and almost like intrigue of like, is he all right? Doing doing a bunch of peyote in the desert. I was about to say doing some stuff there. Smoking the devil's lettuce. Bunch of quaaludes, whatever it is. (laughs) Uh, The the devil's lettuce. Um, All right. So, you know, I think that was like a good way to kind of like wrap up your like, you know, like your attachment to your personal project i think mm-hmm. that was uh very well put together and uh and appreciate it so mm-hmm. we're gonna move on to like some like other kind of like lighter fare i guess like sure. you know you feel like the main course and now it's just like now it's a sugary bits um so what are some things doesn't even have to be art related that inspire you right now or it can certainly be art related like people things movie whatever like your current location like what is currently inspiring you so yeah i've i've found like i guess this is pretty typical of artists right to be inspired by art but it, that it's such a big part of my life and i'm constantly like combing the far reaches of the universe looking for art like anything all the time constantly i look at a lot of art you guys um i i would say i guess going going back to instagram uh, like, I don't know. I've, I've found, I've, I feel like a lot of the, the problems with like homogenization and things come from everyone looking at the same stuff. And Instagram has been one of those tools in particular that I've just, it's like a, it's like a rabbit hole of hidden gems, things that I never would have thought of things. I had never seen people I never heard of, like just so much information out there, especially with art. There's other things on there. Like, I'll occasionally see like, you know, Taco Bell and that might be because I was looking at Taco Bell, whatever. I mean, you got to have your vices. <sighs> but like, yeah, mainly I, I I look at a lot of other art for inspiration. And in particular, it's art that contrasts what I do to the extreme. Uh, I love looking at things like I, I would say Aaron, Aaron and I have very different like visual aesthetics. We have very different tastes in the art that we look at. And I learn more and am inspired way more by people who don't do what I do. Uh, I think that's like a really big thing. Like you have to be able to learn from not just your contemporaries, but like who they learn from or like something that is completely out of left field. Yeah. I mean, you're like, you're not like you, if, if all you're trying to do is emulate someone, like you could emulate them given enough time a long enough timeline you could learn probably to do exactly what they do you would just look like them and it wouldn't be anything new or different but you could do that i i don't want to like i i feel like i've learned 
a lot from a lot of people who at like at the time before I sort of uh, rebranded myself with the new sort of look and, and the thing that I'm doing now, I feel like I learned almost as much as I could have from that particular type of art and those particular, like working with those particular type of people. I mean, I'm sure I could have learned till the end of time, but the whole idea is it's like, okay, like you figured this thing out, like, like what's, what's next? Like just keep doing this forever or not. And it's like, when I start looking at things that people do that I don't, it's so unfamiliar to me. It's so inspiring because I'm not that like, how do I get there? How do I become that? It's fascinating. And it becomes this thing that you learn a lot from the more you look into it and research it and look at it. Um, and it doesn't even have to be art. That doesn't even have to be art related. Like you could be fascinated by uh, uh, like one thing I also do a lot of like physical fitness has been a huge part of my life. Um, it used to not be. It is now. And I think it's also an important part of my life considering how uh, sort of like physically inactive artists can be that sort of like Charlie Day huffing cans of paint in a world of darkness situation where you're, you know, like you only surface, you only suffer sunlight for food, you know, like, yeah, you just become like this, this dungeon creature, right? We've all, we've all been there. Well, I mean, I'm there right now. Like yeah. uh, you should see me. I look gross, but yeah, like uh, the physical fitness thing is another like super inspiring thing where I, I look at like athletes. I look at People who have, you know, recomposed themselves in a way a bodybuilder does where it's like it's like they're they're sculpting, but with their actual body, you know, things like that inspire me and influence a lot of my life, too. So I don't know, things like that, you know, like there was a time where I wasn't physically fit and I wasn't that. And I'm certainly no like bodybuilder now, but like, you know, like I'm pretty dedicated to the gym. That's sort of like a big part of my life now. Um, and like, I remember at the time, like when I wasn't that person being inspired by people who led that lifestyle and now it's, it's a part of my life. And so I feel like the thing I was talking about at the beginning with the whole, like this person and the way they think, whatever they're doing, it was art, right? But it contrasted what I was currently doing. Like that's where I got inspired and learned the most from was just, people doing something you weren't yeah as opposed to sort of the same old thing and other than that i mean you know living in washington it's like you yeah want, it is you insanely, want to talk about mountains like insanely beautiful here like michigan has what like trees <laughs> yeah, some lakes yeah piles of pumpkins like i don't <laughs> i don't know like what does michigan have like i mean oh, michigan is amazing and if y'all haven't been you should check it out because Aaron and I, like, we're at our hearts, we'll always be Midwestern boys. You got that right. But, yeah, like, coming out here and seeing, you know, pictures do not do it justice. It, it is borderline unfair how beautiful it is here. Yes. So, obviously, right, like, the whole, like, I'm inspired by nature. It's like, I mean, when, yeah. it's, when it's this kind of nature, like, yeah, yeah, you're definitely going to be inspired by it. So, I'd say those are, like, the big things that really hold my interest right now. That and... uh I guess also to like the sort of like inner workings of the human mind. Yeah. And that started with a weird, like I need stuff to watch. What are serial killers on YouTube kind of thing. But then it slowly evolved into more like, how does the brain work in general? And so I'd say just that is another huge inspiration for me. Yeah. I like hearing like that was kind of what I was hoping to get is like what other things that aren't just like the art plate in front of you, 
like what other things are you able to pull inspiration from and like like all those things make you the person that you are right it's not just art Don't, i mean it is for a majority of your inspiration maybe or a majority of like the person that you are but there are many other factors that people might not understand or know necessarily there there those are and those are the podcasts the the discussions that answer those sort of candid questions I think they're my favorite because it's it's all the things it, it's all the things that you, you you shake your fist at and you go yeah but what about the other thing the thing that you're not talking about it's the question that we really want to know not the like standard you know like I'm like what Kim Jong Ji like what toothpaste do you use like I know I need to know man you don't understand it all leads up to what makes you you like those are the que- those are the questions and the answers that I love to hear the most are you a Colgate or are you a Crest kind of guy I just don't know. Mm. Square around pizza. I gotta know, Kim. I gotta know. Look me in the eye and tell me. Tell me. Oh, man. All right, dude. Let's keep this train rolling. Are you ready for the next one? I don't know. We'll see. Let me have it. Okay. So, in the last six months, you went from zero followers to 40,000 followers on Instagram. <laughs> uh, <laughs> social media is like an, a pretty like obvious toolkit for artists to you know use and to grow like their brand or their art or like whatever it is um like things i want people to be able to take away from listening are tangible things that they can implement themselves so what actual advice can you give people as to how you accomplished getting 40,000 followers in 6 months Okay, so first of all, I I think technically I joined like the beginning of March. So I guess now since it's December, like we'll we'll say around like eight months, six to eight months, yeah. blah blah blah. Just for like you know analytical sake. So for one thing, I've noticed the most successful uh, profiles it, it, like like a flavor. Uh, from a spice rack or like, <laughs> like a channel on TV. It's it, there's a theme. It's the one thing that they sell. It's the one thing that they're pushing, and that's it. Versus a sort of like wave of like random content. Like one day it's art, the next day it's a picture of me with my dog. Like if if we're talking about using Instagram in particular as the social media platform that you market yourself with. Like there should be a particular thing that you're pushing to people. And uh, in my case, I guess, you know, it's it's the weird personal art. Like I, I don't have I think I have maybe one old, old painting on there, a digital painting that, you know, ha- has that look that all digital paintings have. And everything else is the sort of cell shaded animation sort of flavored uh, line art that you see, but kept it at one theme only kept it with personal art. There's nothing, you know, it's it's all the stuff that like most of you probably know me for at this point, which is it's the numinous looking stuff. Um, and a lot of it too can be the timing of the posts. A lot of it is the timing of the posts. I've found uh, uh, West Coast time been pretty successful with maybe one to two posts a week, usually early mornings, Tuesdays, Thursdays, that sort of thing. You know, times that you know people would be using social media probably as they're checking their emails at work, you know, like you you wouldn't necessarily want to dump a bunch of art through social media and and want people to see it uh, on the weekend when they're more likely to be out and about, you know, like it's it's strategies like that. It's like thinking... Uh, not just with the tool, you know, how 
how people are going to see it, but when they're going to see it sort of thing. Um, yeah, that was one thing that you had mentioned to me is that like, you know, these things have algorithms of how people see the content that they're following. So by kind of almost exploiting that, seeing like how like it's rolled out, like what's the first thing you're going to see when you open your phone, when you wake up or when you're on the bus or whatever it is. And like it helped me gain, I think like, I don't know, it was like almost a thousand in like a few months, which is significantly less, but still prove the point, right? It's like I posted quality work at this time on this day and then like with the proper hashtags or whatever that kind of like do do the work for you, right? Yes, yes, that that is definitely a big part of it too. It's, hmm, it's definitely. I I, I think above all, uh, I guess with Instagram in particular, it's like you you have to think. It's not only like how you're pushing out the content, but it's who you're appealing to. In Instagram's case, for example, right? Like if you compared, okay, well, let's let's use ArtStation and Instagram as two things to compare. It's like, what are the sites used for and who are the audiences using them? Everyone uses Instagram. That's non the, uh, the non-artist or the quintessential artist, whereas, you know, a website like ArtStation comes off as more of a like a portfolio gallery like a pool that professionals go to to find other professionals that sort of thing i'm sure there's non-artists that frequent that too but not in the way instagram does right so it's uh this particular tool happens to have an audience the audience is everyone so your chances of getting seen on this platform are that much greater than say a place like artstation just the two they're two different outlets they're two different sources uh, the the other there's another chunk to that too, which is uh, again you kind of mentioned it, but the whole like frequency by which you post. Uh, so I've found it's it's almost like blowing your load with all like the hidden Kickstarter goodies before anyone has actually paid money for the Kickstarter. Right? It's like which is almost sort of the situation I'm in at the moment too. I not that I'm for sure planning on you know doing crowdfunding or any of that for the book project i might eventually but uh, it's one of those things where it's like showing your secret project to the world you run the risk of i don't know let, let's say i i roll out all the numinous stuff and i'm doing a lot of that right now i'm doing it to build the audience that will invest in it right i'm not working on anything client wise that would create an audience that would then invest in the numinous thing i literally have to use the secret project that I run the risk of the wrong people seeing it. I have to roll that out to build the audience that will invest in it. So it's this weird catch-22 of, you know, I like you can either be in the position of I have a secret project that I'm working on and when it drops, it will for sure succeed because I already have the following. Or you have to make stuff that is interesting enough to get the following in the first place. And in my case, it's kind of the two together. So it's an interesting catch-22, but really, uh, you know, a, a lot of it is uh, how do you, you, you kind of have to sit there and, and ask yourself, you know, like you have to very carefully filter and edit exactly what you want to show out when you want to show it. You certainly don't want to show all of it and you don't want to show it all quickly. You want to spread out the postings. Uh, I've seen someone post something that could be stretched over months into like weeks or even days 
where it's like, man, you just posted like 10 things in a day. You could have posted 10 things over 10 days, one thing a day, or one thing every other day. You've now stretched it to 20 days almost of like kind of, you know, with like a day in between. Uh, you have to think about things like that. It's it's almost like having uh, having like a budget to work with. And it's like you're either going to burn through the money or not. Like you only have this much to work with. How are you going to stretch it out? Yeah, that was so... To that point, like that is exactly what I've had to do recently with what I had worked on. So I'm not as prolific as, let's say, like an Alex Constad or something who posts <laughs> the most beautiful painting every other day of his life. Who who is that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, who? But like I I don't have that ability, so I have to treat it more like I have a backlog of stuff. So I work on a chunk of stuff, then I plan a cadence of how things will come out. And then release it on that cadence to where I'll have enough stuff to post for three, four months or something. This hasn't always been the case for me. Like I treated social media as more of like a throwaway, kind of like just like a wasteland of like, cool, I made a thing, whatever. Like I didn't treat it with the respect it deserved and that kind of hurt me, I think. So I've started doing more of, you know, like cadenced releases and I think it's kind of helped a little bit. Um, Also, just to like, point out like this isn't the only way to do it like adam has posted every day just about for the last four years and he has a phenomenal amount of followers it's just because his consistency is so good and it's quality every day like we just do slightly different things and i'm like what i do just doesn't lend itself well to that and what you do similarly is like all right well you can post one thing a week maybe but it still is going to garner the same amount of attention or heat or whatever because of the quality and the cadence of which it's released yes and yeah just wanted to point out like there's not one way to skin a cat like robbie does it a certain way someone else can do it a certain way by posting every single day but like it's the matter of quality content at a steady pace don't try and just like here's all the things I've done. Like, check it out. Like, you're going to be like a flash in the pan and then you're going to have nothing because you're like, oh, well, farts. <laughs> it's all gone. Oh, no. What have I done? Now, like that one, like this question specifically is like a tangible thing that people can take away, like, and apply to what they're doing. Like, you want to learn how an artist thinks about their problems, but it's maybe a little harder to actually, like, implement their thinking. But something more concrete, like, oh, if I don't post all my stuff right away, then I can still use that like later. Right? It's it's a very measurable system, especially doing it through something like Instagram, where there's literally here's the listed people that liked this thing, here's the people that shared it. Like there's all these numbers behind it. So it's yeah, it's it's really easy to measure. Like in that particular case, and I like Aaron said, no, there is more than one way to do this. There's no there is no one way to do this. I'm just simply saying what I've done and it, it used to not be <laughs> it used to not be this elaborate sort of like social media hustle as it were like it, it was like it originally was all my friends basically busting my balls like yo you're not on Instagram like like what's wrong with you and then me being like all right fine I'll give it a try and then just that happened to be around the time that I was posting something that not a lot of people are familiar with maybe I, I know like 
a lot of like anime fans in particular feel a lot of nostalgia towards the stuff that I work on. Uh, so like also maybe um, there's some of that interest there too, but basically it just, I just happened to start using it for personal reasons. And then I noticed that when I began to think of it more from a like business perspective, it's a tool, right? Yeah. Like- yeah. From a more strategic sort of mindset, like how, how do I, how, how do I strategize? Like, how do I, like, you've noticed that, that you got more likes on this day versus this day. We'll try this day. And then, you know, and through, through that, I've sort of developed this formula of like specifically when I strategically release something, when I don't, it's, it really is for social media. It really is this sort of full-time job where you're your own personal cheerleader. And it's a lot of work, but you know, uh, if you're trying to say like launch a personal project or something like that, it's, it's necessary work. Also, uh, I think another really important point to make is when you're growing a social media following, uh, you know, the people, the people, the following, they're, they're the ones that are investing in your product and not just possibly, you know, from a, a money point of view, from maybe an emotional point of view, like these people, they're on you with this journey. They're they're following you from the beginning, a lot of them, you know, and a lot of them are involved. They're invested. So how do you make them more involved in the process? You know, like give back to the community, you know, set milestones like uh, when I reach this many followers, uh, you know, I'll do a print giveaway or uh you know, thing, yeah. thing, things like that, you know, give, give back, like involve the community and, you know, they'll be super receptive to it. Yeah. That was one thing that I actually did recently too, is when I hit the 5,000 follower mark, I did like, I actually followed your lead specifically and did like a print giveaway thing. And one thing that I think it does really well is that it takes you out of the realm of just some internet, like faceless human thing. And it turns you into like an actual tangible person with feelings that like is showing that they care about the people that they're engaging with, that they're not just another faceless person on the internet, but they're actually an involved person in the community. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we're all <laughs> as 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 awesome as your favorite artist or your favorite anyone, anything you look up to, the the idol of insert whatever that you have in your life. They're really, at the end of the day, they're just people that live and breathe like you. Like yeah. There's no, I've never understood the whole ego thing. I, you know, let's say I, let's say I become Insta famous or something, right? Really, I'm just a guy on Instagram. I'm just, we're just humans. Like, you know. You poop like the rest of us. Yeah, exactly. We eat, we poop. It's, you know. So really, at the end of the day, you know, I think that that's a huge thing to take away uh, from the social media thing is, you know, just involve the people as much as you possibly can. Because really, it's it's this sort of journey that you're you're on. Like I guess in my case, I'm I'm building this personal project as a, and and I'm learning a lot about it as I'm going along. And the people who are following me, who are interested in it, really interested enough to stick around. You know, they're invested in it too. So it's like any chance I can get to involve them in any way, like I totally would. Yeah, it, it just it, makes them feel like they're part of it, right? Yeah, and they and they are they are a part of it. You know, and they're the ones, you know, like the the people that really uh, are really interested uh, and are really uh, invested. You know, they're the ones that are going to be around till the very end of it. So, yeah, like just include your following, engage them, give back to the community as much as possible. Uh, They'll love you for it. You'll love them for it. And uh, everyone, 
Everyone, let's just hold hands and get along. Everybody wins, man. <laughs> That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Last question. Uh, so we've talked a bit about you know your successes. You've worked for you know a ton of companies. You've had a bunch of work. Like you know you have a a following and stuff. So I know before you moved out here that you worked at a hydroponic shop. You worked at a family-owned <laughs> hardware store for years. They used to like seven years or something. What can you tell people that do that want to do what you do now that are working those jobs, that are hustling at the nine to fives, that are doing whatever it is to make ends meet? Like, What can you tell that person that wants to do what you do? It, it is entirely possible to do the thing you want to do, whether that's what I do or something completely different. It's like you, you're in your own way, like in a lot of ways, on some level, you're responsible for your quality of life and for just the way things are in your life. Like you, you have the power to change those things. So if that's what you really want to do, you can do it. Like I, and, and, and there really like isn't one particular path, especially nowadays with the internet, with the resources that are available to anyone anywhere in the world at any time. It's like you, it, the opportunities are essentially limitless. Like it's never been a better time. I would say like to try to do whatever the thing is that you want to do. And you're not always going to know about it. Right. But or know exactly what it is that you want to do right off the bat. It could be the dream job that you know you think you want. It could be the dream job you never thought you wanted. But I don't know. You don't. You don't necessarily have to do the whole uh, tried and true path of and, and, and like those paths are always the most. Uh, they're the most familiar. They're like the ones people will probably give the thumbs up to the most. Uh, you know the whole you know study work hard go to college like do you know put in your time like follow this particular ladder in life or these stepping stones along this path and it will for sure end up this way life doesn't work that way right like it never works that way and like i think that's like one thing that i have taken away from you by living with you and by being near you so often is if you manage your time well enough and if you want something you can make it happen. You wake up at four in the morning to go to the gym to be healthy. You spend time on weekends working on your own project. And it is like a glimpse into seeing that if I want to do it, I can do it. It's literally as obtainable as walking upstairs and seeing you actually doing it. It's not like, oh, well, so-and-so became a millionaire because like, like, no, I'm literally watching you do what you want to do. It isn't unobtainable. And yeah. it is inspiring to see. Well, thanks, man. I, uh, you're not, you're not going to know in the beginning. Like, you never, it's one of those things where you, you figure it out as you go along, still figuring it out as we go along. That's pretty much going to be life in general, right? But you get this idea in your head, like, no, 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 like, I, I like according to every like fairy tale and Disney movie ever, like it's supposed to happen like this, and it's like no, 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 life does not work that way. No, I'm gonna get kissed by a prince tomorrow. Yeah, Wait. yeah, and then I won't be like, a, a, like I, I, I won't be a beast anymore or something. Like whatever. Yeah, it's no, no, no. It, it's life is not that black and white. But I, I can tell you right now that it's like if you're not happy in the spot you're in, 
just change it. You can change it. You you have to make that leap yourself. Like no one's going to do it for you. It's not going to be easy necessarily. It could be a lot easier than you think. I don't know. You'll never know until you try it. So really like you're more in control of those things than you think. So if you want to change, if you want to change things in your life, change them. I And that goes for everything. It's not just the art thing. Uh, and I guess, you know, a lot of that is why numinous is what it is. Like for me, again, it was, I just like, why do I need to work for these other people? Like, don't try to appeal, just do your own thing. See what happens. If people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. It's not for them. It's for you. And now it's turned into this sort of almost like art renaissance rebranding where now it's like people are coming to me for that particular thing. It's a really great place to be, but it only happened because I, in my own way, made it happen. That so. is a perfect way of putting it. And also, I think, a perfect way to end this interview. <laughs> Boom. Robbie, thanks for hanging out, dude. I appreciate it. I know your time is very precious, and I appreciate you just getting to hang out and let me pick your brain. People, I think, are going to benefit from uh, listening to uh, what you had to say, dude. Oh, well, thanks for having me on, dude. I... um. I hope I hope they've taken something away from the ramblings of clearly a crazy person. So yeah, crazy talented, boom. Uh, roasted. Uh, I need to wash it off. It's so gross. All right, man. Thanks again for coming by. Yeah, man. Woo! All right, thanks everybody. See ya. Hello, artists and podcast fans. Boy, was that a real hoot. Special thanks to Robbie for sitting down and let me pick a sweet, sweet brain meat for a little while. I really appreciate everyone out there listening. Us artists need some more stuff to listen to while we work. Uh, if you found this beneficial and want to have more of these to listen to, please share this around. Tell a friend. Show an artist buddy that you think could really learn something from it. Leave some comments letting me know who you'd like to know more about and learn more from, and what questions you'd like me to ask them. Don't forget to check me out over on Instagram at Aaron Can Draw. Same thing on the Twitters. And we'll hopefully be back soon with another interview right around the corner. Thanks again for listening, guys. I really appreciate it. See you next time.